welcome to the podcast of Of Course They Make Me Crazy. It's about crazy family stories. We all have one, right? More importantly, it's for those of you living with someone who suffers with a mental illness. You can start to feel lost in their world. Now, I get it. I grew up with a bipolar mom addicted to pain pills. Hoping the stories shared here will help you through difficult days. It's not all serious. We laugh and joke, too. If you have little ones around, pop in your headphones. Adults only, please. Hi, everyone, and thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Of course, they make me crazy. I'm April Norris, the host. So, okay, I'm super excited to have these three ladies on uh, today. So if you're listening on audio, I'm talking about the dynamic trio from their very own podcast. It's called Thanks, It's the Trauma. (laughs) And uh, hey, ladies, so we have uh, Dr. Mm -hmm. Alyssa. And then we have Heidi and Nikki at the top there. Uh, These ladies share a very unique bond of finding out that their husbands are transgender. Some of them are going through a divorce. So then husbands just depends on, you know, the situation and how we're talking about it now. But yes, like a Caitlyn Jenner situation. So uh, as you're listening today, you know, what I hope you get out of this is that you find some kind of energy to keep you going in whatever kind of trauma that you might be dealing with. You know, hearing their stories of being able to to move on, move forward, albeit a lot of struggles um, with uh, where they are and how they've gotten to where they are today. But I just hope that it gives you some kind of hope as you're listening and watching us. Okay, so um, Dr. Alyssa, you have um, a doctorate in psychology. So you're great at giving perspective uh, to some of the situations you all have to deal with. And um, I like how you ladies first start your podcast, your first season, because episode one really just explains how you all met. And then the other episode snowball from there, where you get involved with your individual stories of how you grew up, you know, how you met your husbands, your then husbands, and then really how they came out to you. Um, So we have a lot to unpack here. So can you briefly, why don't you briefly uh, talk about how you all got connected? Sure. So I, and this is Dr. Alyssa, I um, connected, well, really, I knew Nikki a little bit first before this even happened. Um, she is the nurse at my doctor's office and she had to pack a wound for me once, which was delightful (laughs) for both of us. Um, but so I wrote my doctor's office and I was like, I am in trouble. I need some Xanax. Absolutely. (laughs) Sister, I can imagine. Here's what, you know, here's what happened. And, you know, I go into a little bit of detail of, you know, uh, turns out my husband is a trans woman and I'm having panic attacks. Um, and so it got to Nikki then, and then we, and I discovered that she had also gone through finding out that her husband was transgender and had gone through a divorce. Um, so that was amazing. And I also was uh, looked online for any kind of support groups to try to figure out like, how in the world do you process this kind of information? How, like, what do I do? What's okay? What's not okay. Um, and I found Heidi in a transgender spouse support group. Um, And that is where we connected because we were one of the few who felt like we really 
ultimately couldn't stay in the relationship as it was changing. Absolutely. Were you like, your mind was blown when you found Nikki, like out of nowhere? Oh yeah, absolutely. It's totally (laughs) such a wild situation to like somebody that was already there. Yeah. That is crazy. Mm -hmm. Well, I love that. I love that you all found each other and of course then created the podcast, which is fascinating. So uh, for those of you listening, if you haven't gotten, uh, you, you know, you probably haven't had a chance, but check it out. Thanks. It's the trauma. Um, it's a really good listen. So let's start off with, so we can kind of get this, you know, now that we've all, you know, know how you connected, uh, let's set the stage and start talking about your stories. So I think that I want to start off by asking you, which one of you was married or together the longest with your then husband? Uh, this is Nikki. I think it's me, right? I think. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, we dated five years and we're married for 18. Wow. Okay. So Nikki, then how did, um, how were you told where were you and what were you doing? Uh, I honestly, I can't, I can give you a rough idea. I don't remember. I did the dissociation and completely forgot. Um, I think it started with, um, I I mean, I know the situation that kicked it off. Um, There was trauma um, on my ex-husband's side that kind of spurred some things. And um, he at the time ended up going to therapy and uh, he thought it was just gender dysphoria and, um, and it just, he kept going to therapy and it, it got deeper. And I mean, I can't tell you the date or time, uh, gender dysphoria is when they feel, and and Alyssa may have to help and, and correct me, but, um, when their gender doesn't match their identity, is that their, their sex? Yeah. So So they feel like a woman yet they're in a male's body and it's conflicting and upsetting, to look at yourself and not see the self that you want to be. Okay. Right? So it's like, if we hate our nose or our face or our lips, and there's things we want to change times a hundred for them, because everything is wrong in their eyes. Right. Right. Yeah. They just can't go to and get yeah, fixed. They just right. can't buy a different shade of lipstick and make their lips look different or right. some plumping stuff or, you know, it's not the same thing. It's, um, very intense. And so it started there. And then um, I don't really remember the day or what month or, I mean, I know the year was uh, 2015-ish. Okay. um, When this all started. And do you all have children together? I can't recall. Yes, we all do. Okay. Um, And so how did you deal with that? I mean, after 18 years, and, and I'll, I want to kind of preference this is that for your podcast and when you speak, you speak about your feelings and your side of the story, but you like to keep out what they're doing now with their lives and things of that sort. So I just wanted to let the listeners, the viewers know that. So if they're not like, April, why aren't you asking this specific question? (laughs) It's because uh, you're trying to be respectful of of their lives. And, you know, but um, so we talk about it in regards to you all. Um, 
were you at any, were you just, I mean, I know Nikki, you, you blocked out, you blacked out a lot of it. And I, I don't blame you. I probably would have too. Um, but were you, I know you were shocked, obviously, who the hell wouldn't be, by the way. But did you have any indication? I know that that can be sometimes of an annoying question, but um, I know in your podcast, many of you say, well, they were very mentally men. And, um, but was that the situation for you? Uh, was he a man's man? And then it just, or what did he, was he always kind of like a, somewhat like a metro sexual kind of, you know, how um, men can get that way? Not a manly man, not a rough and tough man. Sure. He liked football. No, he didn't like doing, you know, rough work with hands and chopping down trees or anything like that. He was a musician, okay. a guitar player who was used to being on stage and dressed up in the 80s with long hair and makeup and would get upset if um, he cut his hand because that was his guitar playing hand, you know, and <laughs> a wound wouldn't, that would not fly. And, um, but not... A manly man, definitely a little more uh, conscious about looks and hair and, you know, yeah, a tiny bit metro, but not enough for me to ever go, huh, that's all. Right. Like never, never a sign. I mean, you spend that much time with someone and have children and build a life and no, that's not ever what's going to cross your mind. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Why would it? Why would it? So uh, how did you guys get through it? What was the next step after he mentioned that? Um, where'd you go from there? Uh, we were married for another two years. And uh, he thought I would learn to love her and we would be a lesbian couple. And I thought he was having a midlife crisis and this would blow over. And we'd go to counseling and then it would be okay. And we could live the rest of our lives together. Yeah. I think we were both in denial, of course, because we didn't want to end a marriage this way. So, so yeah, we coped with it uh, for two years, just kind of in denial and a lot of resentment building on my part and some anger and probably on her part too, because I wasn't seeing her or accepting her. Mm-hmm. Um and I wasn't joining Facebook groups and trying to learn all I could about how to be supportive and affirming. I was shutting down and angry. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so when you were in that uh, relationship for the two years, uh, and how soon after his announcement did he start to take on his transgender role? Right away. Hold on, April. I'm going to pause you right there just to make sure that we say the proper pronouns. Yeah. And posing that question, if you wouldn't mind just asking it the other way with her. Okay, absolutely. So I was going to say, like, when we talk about the past, like, Uh like we use he, him. But then when we ask a question about once we once they said out loud, like, I'm a transgender woman, then we acknowledge she, her. If okay. You're okay, with that. okay. So, um, how would it be if we, so if I, if I say how soon after did, so I should say how soon after he made that announcement, did she, oh, <laughs> I know. Lord confusing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. No problem. No problem. I get it. I want to be respectful. So it's okay. It's so okay. Hard. Oh, I so still hard. mess up and I will probably mess up all the way through this. So. <laughs> so Nikki, how long after he made that announcement to you, did she decide that she was going to take on her new role? Uh, immediately, uh, immediately into hormones and research and what, what, what she needed to do to transition. It was immediate. Wow. And so did she say to you, okay, well, uh, you know, tomorrow I'm going to start, you know, wearing my women's clothes and did she start putting makeup on right away and, or did she allow you to ease into this a little bit? I know you said right away, but when you say Right. right away, what do you mean by that? Right away with the research of what she could do hormonally and what those steps were. Okay. Outward appearance appearance was slow because um, not everybody knew. And Mm -hmm. we had small, well, we had, um, you know, a teenager that just started high school and a middle schooler or an late elementary schooler who were involved in public sports. And he was the coach for some of these. So, uh, we couldn't just one day, here's a coach who's a male and the next day the coach is a female, you know, that doesn't, wouldn't fly here. Right. Myself. Um, so yeah, that was the outward appearance was gradual. Okay. The inside and the research of what, how this was going to happen was pretty quick. I mean, she had already had her ducks in the row about how, what kind of hormones and how much and the progress and just all those things, of course. Mm-hmm. The research had started. And your children, how, how, how did, how did they first initially deal with it? And then how are they doing today? Um, my younger one has always been, um, and that this is just his nature to be easygoing and kind of roll with it. So I, I fear that later in life, this will come up and there'll be work to be done. Um, and the older one took it very hard because he was a teenager Uh, He was um, almost a sophomore in high school. Of course, the worry of people finding out and friends finding out and being teased and bullied was on his mind and my mind and um, people being mean. And he took it very hard. It was a loss of a parent. And so they grieved and I watched them grieve. And that was probably the hardest part of all of this and wishing that this was not just always wishing this, this just was not what I envisioned for them. And that still gets me choked up. But um, now today, they are great. Um, My oldest son is amazing. And I could not be prouder of how he came out of this. And he did some therapy and he, we talk openly and they have a decent relationship with their father. Oh, good. That's really good. There was, I think I was listening, it was to your podcast or um, where somebody just had a graduation or it was a wedding. Was that you, Nikki? Where Yeah, we had a graduation. Yeah. And you all took a picture together. Mm -hmm. Your then husband now as a woman. And then 
uh, she is she is remarried or right. has a partner. Is that correct? Remarried. Okay. Yeah. And remarried to a woman. A woman. Mm-hmm. A biological and, woman. And it was all of you, and you <laughs> all decided to take a picture together. And right. I think you were saying that you know you just threw it out there, and you finally you put it up, and you were just like, it is, it is <laughs> what it is. This is yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I, I think Heidi was like, I wouldn't have even noticed. You know, that- <laughs> I mean, my closest person who's going through this too, didn't even, she was like, wait a minute. <laughs> is that is what that I, think I think it is? It is? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I did get a lot of private messages after that from people that didn't know, like people from high school that I'm still, you know, were I was always close to, but they didn't know. And, um, and got very positive, amazing, beautiful messages sent to me that were very um, supportive. So, and how does it feel that you put that picture on uh, out to the world? <laughs> does it feel uh, gratifying or kind of like you can kind of release it a little bit or? Who at the time it was, uh, uh, anx- it caused a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. But I'm kind of the uh, person that like, I'm just going to go step into anxiety and see what happens because I just need to get it done. You know, like I just yeah. need to rip the bandaid off and see what happens. And, you know, it could go bad. It could, people could surprise me and be amazing. And they were amazing. Um, but it was scary for sure. It was scary. And it was uh, already an emotional time. And yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I just thought, well, I'm already crying, so let's just do it and see what happens. <laughs> Can't get any worse. Like, can somebody just shoot me right here? I just cried for smile. three days over yeah. graduation and COVID, so it's fine. I'll just do this too. <laughs> oh, man. Goodness gracious. All right. Well, let's, I guess, let's move on to Dr. Alyssa. Um, and uh, let's go on to your story because uh, you were told while you were at your 16-year-old's birthday party, was it your brother or was it? Nephew, my nephew's birthday party. Mm -hmm. Why in the hell did it have to be done at your (laughs) nephew's birthday party? (laughs) That is a great question. And I think one of the things that she regrets now, like she just really thought that I could just see that she was holding this big, huge thing. I thought, like, I think I noticed like something was a little bit off and I thought it's like gas or something, you know, and it was like, <laughs> you can see it. Oh no. All right. Well, let me just tell you, I'm questioning my gender. And I was like, wait, wait, what? And then I find myself lying on the floor trying to stop the room from spinning. So, uh, so at that time, um, he thought you could feel and see everything that he was, was going on in his insights when truth was you had no clue. Right. And so he was projecting and then he just Mm -hmm. barfed it out to to feel better about it. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then how did you pick yourself up off the floor after that one? Well, there was Xanax. Thank God. Yes. Um, uh, you know, I mean, uh, it was, I'm a, a deep feeling person anyway. So, you know, I mean, I felt all of it, you know, there was a lot of tears and a lot of, you know, talking through this with the people that are the closest to me, um, talking through a lot, um, 
you know, with, with Jamie, um, and just trying to figure out like what, what's happening here, trying to like make sense of it all, which is also like joining the group, trying to understand what it really means because I knew trans people. Um, and I, you know, I had certainly been in counseling situations with transgender folks, but it's definitely not like a, uh, a focus of my type of practice or anything like that. So it was, it was still, there was still a learning curve for me. Oh, absolutely. I can only imagine. And so how did you all move forward with, you know, I'm going to ask you pretty much the same question I asked Nikki. Um, how long was it until she decided to take on her role? Uh, and I think, did, was it you that had a hard time getting a divorce or was that Heidi? That would be Heidi. Oh, yeah. okay. We'll get into that. Okay. So yeah. um, take us through after you were told at the party, um, and you had a lot of talking to do with family and things of that sort. Um, did he ever come back at that time and say, just kidding too? Like I was not really serious about that. Let's start over and pretend I didn't say that or um, something like that. Definitely not a just kidding, but you know, a little bit of like, a, um, you know, maybe it's wrong. Like maybe mm-hmm. it's something else. Maybe that's not what this is because, and I would say that this, you know, f- from my understanding of all of our, our exes is that it's not that they always felt like since they were born, they were meant to be girls, but there maybe was always something that felt off or wrong. And maybe even like flirted with that idea, but never like fully allowed themselves to see it until they were grown people, you know, until they were in marriages with us, had children. Um, and so that the same, that's definitely true of my, you know, ex is that, you know, it wasn't that, she'd always known she was uh, uh, meant to be a girl. So there was still a little bit of like, you know, I'm, I'm not willing to lose everything. I'm not willing to lose you. I'm not willing to lose the way that we have our family. Um, because we had a good, we had a good thing going. It wasn't perfect, but it was good. And I think like the, the fear of, of potentially losing, um, everything was like, okay, you know what? Never mind. Like this is wrong. Like this is clearly wrong. Uh, but that only lasted a couple weeks before like being able to circle back around and be like, no, really, this is what's true for me. And pretty, I mean, I knew I was, I, you know, also went to therapy and I knew pretty quickly, well, I can't be married to you as a woman. And it's not, it wasn't like, it wasn't even like a, I don't want to, it was just like, felt like a, like a instinctual gut response of like, I know that this doesn't fit me. And right. it, was, it was really unusual, odd, all sorts of things to find myself suddenly in a queer marriage as a straight person. Um, it, that is fucking weird. I, oh, I can only imagine. I, so when you say that, was she, was she dressing up when you guys were still um, married or? Yeah. So she started her, um, I, you know, really call, calling that like a social transition. So mm-hmm. there's like the internal, like medical transition, which is what, what Nikki was referring to with like hormones and stuff. Like, so there's different types of like transitioning. And so she started her social transitioning, um, about two months after that initial telling me, but her medical transitioning, like 
was a little bit sooner than that. So it was pretty quick. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. And you guys had uh, a young child, right? I know that uh, you took on children from a previous marriage that he had had, and then you all had your own. Exactly. Yeah. So there's three kids all together. Yeah. Okay. And um, so how are those kids doing now? Uh, They're all doing well, you know, I mean, I think that it's, it's a, the, the challenge for the older kids is just that like, they don't know other kids going through the same thing that are, you know, around here and their age. And it's just an unusual experience. And so, but I, I think they take that in stride. I think they're all handling this well, as well as can be handled. That's amazing. It seems as though you all have a good network, especially with the three of you being able to bounce things off of each other. And I'm sure that helps the children as well. And, um, and then so okay, Heidi, uh, let's, let's uh, get into your story. And then we'll get into more about, you know, details and things of that sort. So, um, you know, I think, I got real emotional when I was listening to you. I I believe it was you. And you were like, we were so in love. Like I was, um, you know, you said you would look at other relationships and kind of be like, damn, I feel sorry for them because they don't have (laughs) what I have. And you, um, I think you guys waited, didn't you, until like you were 30s to get married or something of that sort. Am I right on that? So tell me a little bit about your situation. Um, yeah, well, and I'll answer some of those questions that you had too for Nikki and Alyssa, like, um, that maybe my answers are a little bit different. So my husband was quite masculine. (laughs) So, um, he flew on the P3 Orion, which is a spy plane for the Navy. Um, so he was military soon as he got out of the military and he's like a big, he was a big buff guy, you know, he grew the big beard and yeah. Looked like Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Um, definitely like to do, I think, more like what I would consider like manly things. Um, but there was something so different about my husband than Justin um, compared to all of the other men I had dated my whole life. He was like really kind of like this gentle, quiet, peaceful soul. And now that makes sense to me because it was more feminine energy. And so the number one question we always get is like, were there any red flags? Like, did you guys know, you know, people have asked, like, did you walk in and they were wearing your clothes? Of course, everybody wants to know that. (laughs) (laughs) And um, you said it, so I didn't have to ask it, but you know, we're all thinking it. So, well, you know, I think the most famous story, like you said, that everyone knows is with Caitlyn Jenner and Kim Kardashian shares about being, I think, 23 years old and walking into the garage and there's our stepdad, you know? Um, But no, we never had any kind of moment like that. There was I mean, not only myself, but everyone in our whole family, all of our friends, and this extends to Alyssa and Nikki's stories also. I mean, it was just a complete shock to everyone. And I would go so far as to say it was very, very shocking to my husband also when the word transgender was presented as almost, I hate to use the word diagnosis, but like they were struggling with so many things and 
you know, I think we're very surprised with almost an internal transphobia, almost coming to the realization like, oh, all these little things that I've had thoughts or feelings about where my brain and my body don't match and I've pushed them away into a deep, dark closet so that not even my wife or kids or family would know. Um, and then suddenly come to the surface. I mean, I think that they were uh, surprised also. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't like they were like, hooray, I'm a transgender woman. I can't wait for this life. You know, it was like, oh, this makes sense, but it sucks for everyone. Totally does. And then in the short term, sorry, sucks for well, everyone in the short term. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. The change a big drastic change and no one really loves to deal with change when it has some, especially something this drastic. So um, was it your husband at the time tried to commit suicide or had a note or, I mean, I just, my heart goes out to that. I mean, that's just, I can only imagine. Yeah. So Alyssa probably knows this to statistics better, um, but suicidality in the transgender community is incredibly high. Mm-hmm. So suicidal ideation, successful, uh, those dying by suicide. Um, and so, yeah, my, uh, husband at the time fell into that category. Unfortunately, he, um, was really sad. And once he kind of realized what the thoughts that he was having meant for his life, um, he felt like me and the boys would be better with a million dollar life insurance payout and, uh, not having to put us through it. And so, Mm -hmm. um, thankfully, he stopped himself. Um, it takes one seed, one question, one seed, one person to stop someone from taking their life. And so I'll be forever appreciative of that. Yeah. Stop. So he stopped and he was able to then go to therapy. And I, at the time I knew he was going to therapy, but I didn't know that he had specifically sought out a therapist. Um, he typed in gender identity, like counseling, Um, And he had been reading a lot of posts on Reddit and was identifying with, oh, this, I think this is a possibility. And then in counseling was able to really come to the conclusion that um, she is a transgender woman and then presented me with a very long and heartfelt letter. But that letter ultimately concluded that our marriage socially uh, would be over. Was it over for you already at that time? Or was that the nail in the coffin for the marriage? Um, no, I mean, like at the, the moment I got the letter, like was probably the height of me being in love. Like, you know, I couldn't, like I woke up that morning, things happened. We went to church, went to Target. It was like, you know, pretty much, pretty much a normal day for me. Um you know, saturated and in love. So it was a very, very hard couple of years. The last two years have been about um, kind of a ritual of falling out of love intentionally, both Mm -hmm. of us, like we both are, we're very in love and trying to change the way that we feel about each other um, to be a friendship. Um, And it's very difficult, you know, so I, um, 
little different than Nikki and Alyssa. Like I, I identify and it offends everyone, but I identify as a widow on October 21st, 2018, my husband, Justin passed away very abruptly, very suddenly. And just as quickly, a woman was born named Kaylee and I'm getting to know her and we are friends and we are co-parents. Um, but she is not my person, you know, mm-hmm. she's a different person and I'm trying to figure out who she is. And, um, yeah. So, so we are socially divorced, but not legally divorced for lots of reasons. If oh, the IRS okay. is listening, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, and we actually have a really interesting setup. So we have a property with a home and a guest home. And so Kaylee lives in the guest home and I live in the main house. And so our children are now five and six and, um, you had asked everyone about their kids. So I was going to yeah. oh, kind of dig yeah. into that. Um, our kids are doing just fine. And two years ago, I, I was not doing okay because I thought that their life was over. Like I was mm-hmm. like, Oh, whatever I can, you know, get over this. But I just was so afraid of people and society and my children. And I'll be honest, I don't even think they really remember him. Like they see pictures sometimes of him and they're like, oh, there's Uncle Zach, which is, uh, (laughs) you know, her brother. And I'm like, no, that's like what your parent Kaylee used to look like. And so, I mean, they know, like they know that their parent is tra- a transgender woman and they know what it means to be transgender mm-hmm. eh, as much as a five and a six-year-old can. You're right. Um, they're still exploring their own genders because as a social construct, construct, gender really starts to emerge around five and six years old. So they're getting really curious about like, what does it mean to be a girl? Like, what does it mean to be a boy? And you know, we have this unique lens in our family that um, they're being, t- they know specifically the difference between biological sex, that they have a penis and that their chromosomes and like the science in their body means that they're biologically male. Um, but I'm raising my kids in a way I never thought I would raise them, which is mm-hmm. um, almost, it's not gender open parenting because that's a little bit of a different thing. Um but they, they know that they're free to share with us whether they're feeling, you know, like a boy or a girl or neither or both and um, how that may evolve for them over the course of their life. And so I think, you know, Nikki and Alyssa and I have all, this is a really crazy story and this really hard thing that we're going through, but we all have boys And I think that the one thing that's amazing is that our children have gotten to watch firsthand what unconditional love and acceptance looks like, you know, that a relationship may not stay in its form, but that the other person wasn't like shunned and pushed away. Like they're still honored um, as a, as a person and they're still loved as a person in our families. Um, I mean, if you could be grateful for anything in this, I guess it would be that your children were so young when this was exposed that they're able to deal with it probably a lot better. And, you know, um, 
My goodness. So where is, is, is she re, is she dating right now, Heidi or, and is, um, I don't know. <laughs> is that yeah. funny? She might be. So she goes out sometimes at night, but I like, I don't like we share parenting nights, which yeah. is actually kind of a really cool aspect of divorce. I will say that at first I was terrified of it. Like I was like, what do you mean? You're going to take my kids. You yeah. Know? And now I'm like, Oh God, mama is taking a bath tonight with a candle <laughs> in a quiet house and ordering DoorDash. Like I don't have to put kids to bed tonight. It's kind of amazing. So when it's my parenting night, she often like, you know, the car drives away. I have no idea like what she's doing. So we, we don't talk about that. Um, okay. I, yeah, we just don't talk about it. I think that it's, I'm still a little, you know, like how I said, I'm getting to know her, Mm -hmm. um, but I'm still grieving. I'm still mourning. And every now and then I get a glimpse of him, you know, like their their hands and their feet don't change much with estrogen. And so like, sometimes you get like this, this glimpse of them, him that we were in love with. And so sometimes that still makes my stomach turn a little bit because, um, I'm still grieving the loss of my husband. So I don't know, <laughs> maybe yeah, he's dating, she, maybe she's dating. See, I fuck it up all the time. Sorry. And, and well, is she, is she a pretty woman or is she pretty ugly? <laughs> you know? uh, I can speak for all three of us. We they're they're ugly, aren't they? <laughs> oh, they're gorgeous. They, they are? are. They are gorgeous. Oh, for God's so, sake. We were married to super yeah. gorgeous men and they transitioned to be super gorgeous and are transitioning. So the longer you're on estrogen and the more time that that has to take over your body and change really your entire body composition where you even deposit fat changes and the way that they look so so Nikki's husband's been transitioning the longest and so she she I mean like I said I saw that picture and I barely could tell I would have never known that was that she's a transgender woman it just she just looks like a very beautiful woman same with Alyssa's ex um mm-hmm. and same with my partner Kaylee they're 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 very beautiful women I mean they were all attractive before mm-hmm. um which helps but I mean even like Jamie sent me a before and after picture the other day like uh-huh. wow I guess a lot has changed because you can tell like in her face like her face looks different like it looks like she's had what is it? Facial feminization surgery. Like she looks like she's had that, but she hasn't, it's just the estrogen. And, and, but really like she was all, she was pretty as a man, like she was a pretty man. So okay, like, yeah. yeah. now you're yeah. a pretty woman. And, and I yeah. told her that I was like, you were always pretty. Like I never thought about it in a feminine way, but I always thought like you're pretty, you know, Yeah. <laughs> now you're a pretty lady. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, isn't that some shit? Of course like, they are. Yeah. yeah. And mine's like six feet tall and skinny and thin oh. and a yeah. runway model, basically. Probably yeah, got really big boobs too, huh? No, not yet. No, not know. yet. Okay. Not yet. I don't know if it's a yet. I don't know. I don't ask. So I yeah. mean, no, not, not, not what that is, part yet. What is her? So um, Alyssa James went from James to Jamie and then Heidi years, Justin to Kaylee. That's right. To Kaylee. And then Nikki, what is, um, that went from James to Delana to Delana. Okay. 
did they ever say where they got their their names from? Was it just a name that they always liked or? I mean, I think for Jamie, it just was a natural. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yours but makes also, sense. But... <laughs> all, the, all, all of the kids are named after her in some way. So she couldn't totally get rid of the name <laughs> if she wanted to. Yeah. So uh, Heidi, you think um, she's dating now. You, you don't know. You don't care. You, that's, you're not going there right now. You're learning her. Um, Alyssa and Nikki, where do you all stand? Are they... Uh, I think Nikki, yours is um, dating or remarried, right? Remarried, yeah. And remarried. and then uh, Alyssa, yours uh, is remarried too. Is that correct? She's got a a partner. Yeah, she's not. They're a not. Partner. They're not. Yeah, they're not married, but they're okay. living together. And yeah. And in all fairness, we're still all fucking single. Well, that's, <laughs> I know. Isn't that some shit? So, what is that? I know. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. Yeah, and, and, and their, their other halves are, are women. And did that, you know, and I'm don't please, if I offend you and you say, April, I don't want to answer that. That's fine. Did that make you feel a little bit better uh, that they were women versus maybe dating the opposite sex? I don't think it would have bothered me either way I definitely knew Jamie was um a lesbian um Mm -hmm. that didn't but it wouldn't have bothered me if she would have found a man what about you Nikki would have bothered you at all um I think my first inclination was that that would probably be the case but then no and you know she may or may not have tried dating men I don't know for sure um but it, gosh, it's a weird thing because it's almost like, you know, having, it's the same as if you got divorced from your husband who was male and then they started dating a woman and then you've got to deal with this stepmom figure and and that's scary too. And I, of course, was obstinate about that too. So <laughs> I'm just always like, no, 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 no. No, <laughs> I'm going to be an asshole. So no. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, well, uh, you know, that was hard too. That was hard for me to allow that in and be trusting and accepting, but you know, it's fine now, but that's just my always go-to thing is going to be wall. There's going to be a wall and that's, and then I'll take it down when I need to, or when I'm safe. So you know, she's totally fine. We get along. We can sit in a room together and chat and without Delana being there and, and it's, we're fine. And there's no threat. There's no competition. There's no, there's no bad, you know, I think that's just part of fully letting go of somebody too. So. Yeah. Yeah. And so you guys seem so nice and like, you seem like you handled (laughs) them. with such grace (laughs) and I think I would be like wanting to take a bat to their kneecaps you know something to physically oh it wasn't always this pretty yeah okay (laughs) only us three know how ugly it gets or got I mean (laughs) we are very open with each other and say the stuff that no one wants to hear that we know we shouldn't say but it's totally acceptable for us three to say it to each other because we get it yeah. Um, but I could never just say it out loud because I look like a complete jerk or crazy. But um, yeah, uh, no, it's it. not pretty. It's not pretty at all. Mm-mm. Definitely Mm-mm. some very, very, very ugly days. 
I bet. I bet. Very unhealthy days. Mm-hmm. April, we appreciate you saying that because we were just sitting here thinking, how could we close out season two of Thanks It's the Drama podcast? And maybe <laughs> we should close it out with a little authenticity on how shitty some of our days are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I just, it seems as though you, and I'm sure they're very grateful to what, for the way that you all handle it. I mean, my goodness, yeah. um, it could go way different and uh but let's close this out by i would love for you all to share you know besides you having each other of course to to keep you know your your days going what is a thought or what do you say to yourself every morning that makes you have some kind of positive outlook on life who do you want to go first Oh, I don't care. You can go, Heidi, if you have something, and, but maybe it's not, you have to think about it. Maybe that was just too much of a. <laughs> no, I think we all have a really, we've talked about this before and we all have a really good answer to this question. Yeah. And I think it goes back to the beginning when you were speaking to your audience, like what could you really, that's the point of our podcast too, right? Like how could you listen to our story and it make a difference in your own life? Um, so for me, it's been about perspective and gratitude the entire time. So like you mentioned, April, there's many people that come to us and say, oh, I could never have done this. I could never have gotten through this, right? And we are witness, especially Alyssa as a counselor, we are witness to other stories every day of trauma and tragedy where we think, gosh, this is a piece of cake compared to that, you know? And so- I think no matter what someone's trauma is, and certainly for mine, I really try to just zoom out, you know, all the way out to the stars, all the way out to the galaxy, looking down on the earth at how tiny of a speck of nothing I am in this galaxy and how short this life is. And I think when we zoom out and we have some perspective, it helps things to get easy. And then no matter how hard things are in our life, There is still so much to be thankful for. Like, so every day before I fall asleep, like I am a Christian, I pray to God, I talk to him and I, I speak out my praise and my thanks for all the beautiful things that are in my life, even through these trials and through this hardship. And so that's been my saving thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And you guys, that is that pretty much what you go along the lines with as well. Well, we're not Christians, so. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we all had very different answers. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, I would say the biggest thing for me has been community, you know, being able, whoa, sorry. It sounded like there was a bird in my house. (laughs) I heard it. I heard it too. Yeah. Um, It's not, I don't think, Uh, but um, yeah. So I would say the biggest thing for me has been community, being able to lean on amazing friends and, you know, friends who are like family uh, and, you know, be able to talk through the hard things. Therapy has been one of the biggest uh, factors in being able to keep moving forward. Um, Hiking. Um, Nikki and I went on a hike this morning. Um, you know, just, just continuing moving, continuing going forward. Um, I think for me with this specific situation, you know, I, there've been very few moments where I've been really angry, 
um, because of the perspective that I've taken of it. And it hasn't even been like a forced perspective. It's just really been like, this happened to us. Like this happened to me. This happened to Jamie. She didn't want this to happen. And I think if she could have chosen a different route, she would have, but I don't think it was a choice. I think it was just something that happened. So, and, and, and so that just leads to just sadness, like it's just loss and grief. And so being able to allow myself to feel those things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What about you, Nick? Um, I think over time, sorry. Yeah. This is going to happen right this second. (laughs) Yeah. He's been quiet this whole time, but now I'm going to, he's like, I can't take it anymore. I want to (laughs) walk. He's like, I'm going to burst. I'm going to burst. There's a dog out there. Um, (laughs) This guy. Um, There he goes. Okay. I think uh, for me, I have always thought in my head, growth is painful. And I've been through a lot of, well, we've all had our traumas. This is not our only trauma. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me coming to a head this year or in 2020 was all my trauma together. So growth is painful. And I wake up every day and I am thankful for that. And because I wouldn't be who I am without it. And Nikki, and I think Alyssa touched on it, but something that you do every day that inspires me is you move your body, you know? So I know that you and Alyssa go on a lot of hikes together, but like Nikki is very committed to being healthy, eating healthy, taking her supplements and moving her body every day. And that's something that we all know is a recipe for getting through trauma and grief. And it's definitely something that inspires me to see her Um, taking care of herself. So a lot of self-care with Nikki. And so you guys aren't dating um, anybody serious, but but are you moving your bodies and somebody? (laughs) I mean, we have dated. (laughs) It just means that there is no one that has stuck around. (laughs) Oh, good. I mean, yeah. So you're you're out there, people, except for <laughs> Heidi. I'm not. Except you're not. Heidi's not moving her body at all. No, <laughs> I'm trying. We actually just interviewed Sean Galanos of the Love Drive. What a fun interview! And um, you know, he kind of has motivated me. I've been stuck in a place for two and a half years, April. That's like, um, well, I already had the greatest love of a lifetime. Mm-hmm. I didn't believe love could get any better than that. So why would I go out and try again? And, uh, you know, I'm getting some perspective from different people that I may not ever find a love better than, but maybe I could find a love just as good as. Yeah, absolutely. So I may date again, but not right now. There's somebody out there for everybody, you know. How great were those ladies, huh? If you want to hear more of their stories, you can find them on Apple Podcast at Thanks It's the Trauma and follow them on Instagram at Thanks It's the Trauma. And I'm April Morris. You can always find me on Instagram. And of course, they make me 